This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. What is up, everyone? It is Wednesday night, so you guys know what that means. Another edition of the Buffalo Blitz right here on the built-in Buffalo Network on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitter every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Guys, make sure you guys follow me on Twitter, DBiase Peter on Twitter. I will follow you back. Built-in Buffalo was producing content throughout the rest of the training camp, preseason, and then the seasons. Because, guys, training camp is upon us. We've had the first four days of training camp. So in this episode, we'll be breaking down everything. Make sure, guys, you guys like and comment. The comment section will be open. If you guys have any questions, any concerns, all that fun stuff, we'll be reading comments throughout the night, enjoying the show. It'll be a fun show. Without further ado, let's bring on our guest for tonight's episode, A. Rich from Conflict of Interest on Tuesday nights, Billsology on Saturday nights. How are we doing tonight, man? Uh, Peter, I'm I'm doing lovely, man. Uh, one day closer to football yet again this Wednesday. Uh, I'm excited. I'm happy to be on your show to discuss our bills and what's been going on thus far. Uh, uh, what's going on, Peter? Appreciate you once again. I'm doing good. We get to talk some bills. Training camp is upon us. It's you're you can smell the preseason and you can smell the regular season. But before we get into that, where I know most people know you, but because obviously mm-hmm. you're founder co-founder built in Buffalo, but where can everyone find you? Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, all the fun social media stuff. Hey, Rich. I came Richens. If you do not know me, please get to know me. Built in Buffalo. All social media handles. You see it right there on the screen. King Rich underscore 987. Uh, catch me every Tuesday, 815 with the conflict of interest with my bro, Dan Kelly, the real Dan Kelly. And every Saturday night, Billsology, the original Billsology is back with myself, DM3, every Saturday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on the Built-in Buffalo Network. And guys, if you guys missed the live show, obviously you can rewatch it on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. But if you want to listen to podcast form in the morning, you can go on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So guys, make sure you guys check that out. 
Dominic, let's go Buffalo. Let's let's go Buffalo. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. So, guys, I know most people, if you've watched Bill's content creators, built in Buffalo, all the reporters, there's a ton of stuff coming out from training camp. Obviously, there's going to be a ton of stuff more to come. But we're trying to break down some stuff maybe not a lot of people talked about and some people talk about. So we're not going to talk about the Jordan Poyer situation unless you got a comment about that and all that stuff. But we're going to start with Akeem. We're going to start with the Roger Saffold injury. So, how does the Saffold injury affect the offensive line moving forward for the Buffalo Bills? Uh, it, it's it, it's concerning, right? You have uh, a, a guy in Roger Saffold who made the Pro Bowl last year. You have your your your, your franchise quarterback in Josh Allen. You want to do everything in your power to protect the franchise guy like Josh Allen. You want to do everything in your power to to not let what happened last year against the Jacksonville Jaguars happen again this year, right? So we bring in a guy like Roger Saffold to solidify the offensive line, especially being next to Deion Dawkins. And when he gets injured from a car accident, injuring his ribs, hoping he can be available for week one, it's concerning, right? Why is it concerning? It's concerning because... Uh, Roger Saffold is newly acquired on the team. He has to get acclimated, get acclimated with his offense, uh, get used to the guys around him like a Mitch Morse, like a Deion Dawkins. Knows the run. He has to figure out running styles of his running backs, figure out how his how his quarterback likes to move in the pocket and when he likes to take off. So I think uh, things like that is is important and it's gonna it, it, it's gonna hurt the Buffalo Bills offensive line a little bit right and then another reason is is he was battling a shoulder injury last year roger saffold roger saffold was hurt last year so we're talking about a a 33 year old guy that was uh, nursing a shoulder trying to get that healed up and now he has ribs 33 years old those combinations i don't like it so it is concerning but the bright side of things is that Roger, roger saffold is is an excellent player, and he does have familiarity with uh, Cromer, the offensive line coach. So we hope those things, those combinations can can vote well for the Bills. Yeah, and also when you say like on the bright side, there's also a month, a little more than a month to the season. So it's not like mm-hmm. we're playing a game or a meaningful game in the next week or so. But you're right. Like we, He's a new acquisition. This isn't a guy that's been – it's like if it was Deion Dawkins, obviously, but because like, like Deion Dawkins has been here the last couple of – handful of years, he's – Knows the system and all that stuff. Roger Saffold's his first year in Buffalo, but he has experience, like you said, with Aaron Cromer, which is a positive because he has experience under a system. But you would love to get reps at the left guard position to get the whole O-line or like the starting offensive line that we all expect it to be, like continuity, like familiarity, like everybody in the same sink. You can't do that with Roger Saffold. Um out with that rib injury and it was obviously unfortunate the car accident obviously he's hopefully he's okay and obviously it was just not just a rib injury but obviously car accidents accidents could be way worse but him not being able to participate and all that stuff is it's it was kind of annoying just to read on day one because mm-hmm. you like obviously mm-hmm. training camp like you want everyone to mm-hmm. get get reps and all that stuff the young guys get <clears throat> reps and like josh allen everyone kind of get acclimated with the offense again, all that fun stuff. But you also want to – you don't want that – see that tweet with that major injury. Like, right. Like the one thing you don't – obviously, the right. staff is not a major injury, but it's an injury that right. might keep him out the whole camp. Bean did say he, he expects him or kind of expects him to come back for week one, but it wasn't like it was like a definite week one, and it wasn't mm-hmm. like he was super confident. Like, 
Mm-hmm. He could be back in two weeks, or he could back be back in a month. It's kind of like a, a cracked rib is a kind of injury you can't really do anything about, right? Like I feel mm-hmm. like isn't that the type of injury where yep. you kind of have to just let it heal itself? Let it heal itself. And there's it's nothing it. you can do. There's no surgery. There's no like real treatment. It's just not getting hit consistently let, over. Let and it over. hit. Let it heal itself. And and pain tolerance. How much? How much pain tolerance can you withstand? Right. And I'm glad you mentioned Deion Dawkins because even him. Even him, this is why I think it's a little concerning because Deion Dawkins last year, for an example, uh, he was out for a couple of games with COVID, right? And when he came back, we saw Deion Dawkins was rusty. He was knocking that rust off. He wasn't playing like Deion Dawkins in the beginning. Why was that? Because he wasn't playing. He had to knock that rust off. But once he started getting going, uh, end of the season, he started playing great football at at uh josh allen's blind uh spot position so uh roger saffold that's why i feel like it's it's imperative for him to start early but at least he's going to be there when it matters most right yeah and you hopefully and it might be an injury where he has some pain throughout the year like it might be Mm -hmm. that type Mm -hmm. of injury dominic coming in i agree with you akeem at least it happened prior to the season yeah like Mm -hmm. it's better it happens now than in a month but you would Mm -hmm. love to get Saffold acclimated with the team, offensive okay. line, all that fun stuff. And offensive line is probably maybe the one or two or three positions on the team where reps are so important, right? Like mm-hmm. secondary, like you obviously don't need to feed off your other, like you feed off your other secondary, but it's also mm-hmm. on you more of the point. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the ends, like it's you, it's you, you against the offensive lineman. Offensive lineman's kind of, it's a huge, like you got to work as a team. You got to work mm-hmm. as a group because mm-hmm. D linemen are switching off mm-hmm. the point of attack. They're doing a lot of crazy stuff to get past you. Mm-hmm. You have to be in sync without mm-hmm. Saffold playing mm-hmm. uh, meaningful reps in pre uh, practice and training camp. You're not going to get mm-hmm. that in sync, mm-hmm. which is a little disappointing. Penny Andrews coming in, go Bills and go Mets. I like half of that. Not a Mets fan, but I appreciate I'm a Yankee fan. I know we're down 2 nothing. I just checked the score. Yes, go Mets, baby. What's going on, Penny? One of my favorites. You're a Mets fan, Akeem? Big Mets fan, bro. Ah, I'm, I'm a Yankee fan. But now, yeah, hey, you yeah. got as good last night. You're going to get us a good tonight. Domingo Herman is uh, not a good pitcher. That's for sure. Um, Dominic, he's not out for the season, so that's good. I love yep. the upgrade at that position, though. Yeah, I think we all agree that Roger Saffold is, was a great upgrade at the, uh, during the offseason, but he needs yep. to be on the field. So with that being said, Appreciate Dominique going to go Yankees. And yes, Penny, I know the Mets won last night. I know that's what I'll say. But with that being said, what, Akeem, how does the offensive line now, without Roger Saffold in training camp, how does it look and how does it gel at this point? Uh, at this point, uh, I believe it's, it's more about uh, acclimation with your offensive line coach because – Yes, he's been with the Buffalo Bills before, but now he is he's he's around the block again and now we have a different type of offensive linemen and that that's an adjustment period, right? The new offensive linemen have to get adjusted to the new offensive line coach, learn the communications and 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 the play calls and and what type of 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 offense of, of offensive line you're, you're going to run, what type of offensive line you're going to be. So I think that's important. But right now, uh, I think the most important thing about the offensive line is, is seeing how the other guys perform. 
guys like guys like Berry that's playing multiple positions, guys like Cody Ford, who's been in the doghouse ever since he's got drafted by the Buffalo Bills, right? It's a time for guys like that, debt pieces, to show their worth and show if they indeed belong to on the Buffalo Bills roster and can claim a spot. I, I think this is the time where we can see where where the other guys uh, can help uh, uh, boost the offensive line in terms of being on the roster or being a debt piece or even a starter. Yeah, and like the biggest thing right now, obviously, Saffold's out. So, like, they moved Questenberry. They started Questenberry at right tackle, mm-hmm. and then they moved him to left guard. So, like, that's a huge jump for Questenberry. Like, he's – and Bean has – and McDermott have shown that they like these type of pieces, that versatility off of the lineman. So, and that's mm-hmm. Questenberry. And mm-hmm. at this point, like, if the game, if your season was starting tomorrow, Questenberry's probably that left guard starter. Mm-hmm. I, I think that would be where it is. Like you have with Dawkins, Questenberry, Morse, Bates, mm-hmm. and then Spencer Brown. But you have Tommy Doyle getting some mm-hmm. reps at right tackle. He's going to be an important depth piece. Mm-hmm. You have Cody Ford getting some reps at the guard position. He, if he mm-hmm. kind of can bounce back, he'll be a very important depth uh, piece. My biggest thing for me, like concerns going to the uh, regular season, was for me like what what does the depth look like at the offensive lineman, right? And it's already being mm-hmm. tested with Roger Saffron, which yeah. in in this could be a blessing in disguise, right? Because mm-hmm. sometimes injuries are blessing in disguises, right? If Saffold comes back and is that left guard and he's fine for week one, and like the Bills offensive and this could be this is an if, right? But mm-hmm. the Bills offensive line performs how we expect it to perform, especially mm-hmm. or Saffold performs how we expect it to perform. Mm-hmm. Then you got Ford legit reps, you got Questenberry legit reps, you got Doyle reps, all those guys reps, and then we know how football works. There's gonna be an injury, guys gonna be banged up and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Then they have reps and they can come in and fill a void. And that's going to be very interesting. I think the Questenberry is a, a very interesting offensive lineman addition that the Bills made. Like they can play mm-hmm. a tackle, they can play a guard. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be fascinating what the Bills do there. And I think at this point, like left guard right now is Questenberry without, um, without Saffold. And then mm-hmm. Penny Andrews is coming in. I agree. What's wrong with Bates? And then Bates had that injury. Bates didn't practice today. Bates mm-hmm. was out because I wrote in my notes. Ryan Bates like, did not practice, and all we got was he was it was an injury. Obviously, mm-hmm. I don't think it was anything major. I feel like we would have heard if it was something. Mm-hmm. Like, you think we would have heard if it was something major? I'm assuming more serious. Somebody mm-hmm. would have reported like not going to work. Like you know, like a busted. You know, like when something like just goes down, and you know right away it's mm-hmm. uh, shit. But I think Bates and look, it gets and like the offensive lineman's already being tested. So yes, it's. it's yeah, yeah. And and that's and I think, you know, it, it's you know, you you want to be healthy, but at the same time, this is the time where you want to see if you had to see what other guys have. Yes. You want to see it now. You don't want to see it week 8 against the Kansas City Chiefs or nothing like that, right? Yeah. So no. you, you want to you definitely want to see it now and I think um the Buffalo Bills this season with Aaron Cromer at the offensive line as offensive line coach, versatility up front is going to be important. Questenberry is able to play multiple uh, multiple positions along the offensive line. Uh, Ryan Bates is able to play multiple uh, positions along the offensive line. Uh, Spencer Brown can play both tackle spots if necessary. So I think the flexibility and versatility, I think, is going to be uh, a difference with the Buffalo Bills offensive line this year. How how would that equate to how good the team will be off um, on the offensive line? We'll see. But the versatility is definitely going to be there. And then Ike Bodiger has a, he's not even Bonniger, back. Yep. And, yeah, yep. Bonniger, Bonniger, yes. And yep. he has played legit reps, and he's a versatile, versatile on the offensive line. 
Louis coming in. Questionberry, not sure about my spell, but hey, no worries. My opinion is it's not English class. My opinion is he will make a significant difference and play big. Yeah, I think he will because I think he'll play. He'll be that extra offensive lineman, but he'll be able to come in and play the guard position, play the tackle position. He's like last year's or two years ago is Ryan Bates. That's what I think he's going to be, and I'm I'm excited for it. I'm excited for what we can see with Questenberry. Obviously, I don't want Questenberry getting like legit reps the whole year because obviously you want the whole offensive lineman to gel and you want Saffold mm-hmm. and Bates to perform. But mm-hmm. if Questenberry has to come in, then he has to come in. Mm-hmm. Ismail A. Rich, what's up, man? How we doing tonight? Appreciate you, appreciate you coming in. Appreciate the super chat, Dominique. Ninety nine cents. I appreciate it. Appreciate, appreciate it, Dominique. Guys, super chats are always get obviously we always appreciate it. And then another one, appreciate Dominique for appreciate it, man. Thank you for tuning in. Appreciate donating to built in Buffalo. Much love, much love. Appreciate you. And then yeah, so the offensive lineman is it's gonna be interesting how it gels. Look, it's day four of the camp. And mm-hmm. if Ryan Bates comes back tomorrow or day after or in two days, nobody's really gonna care. The biggest mm-hmm. thing is the Saffold injury, because he's not coming back tomorrow, he's not coming back the next day. He's could be out significant time in the significant time we don't know and i think bill's mafia will uh breathe a sigh of relief when he comes back and if he comes back with training camp and all that stuff but enough with the o-lineman nothing with o-lineman talk at this point isaiah mckenzie starting in the slot that was day one and that's when jameson crowder was playing jameson crowder was active for the first day of practice he's missed day two he missed day three and missed day four mm-hmm. akeem isaiah mckenzie getting being the number one slot receiver over Crowder for the first day of practice. What are your thoughts on that? Um, Me personally, that was my, my personal expectation, right? J- Jamison Crowder, uh, 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 the, the starting slot receiver, or he should get every opportunity to be the starting slot receiver for the Buffalo Bills. Why I say that? Because one, when he, when you give him the opportunity, he's kind of like, uh, Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary, people like to discuss a lot of things about Singletary, but uh, his yards per carry is above average. Yes. Every time he touches the ball, he does something good with it. Say what you want about him, right? Uh, same thing goes with Isaiah McKenzie. When you put him in the game, uh, he makes stuff happen, and you can tell that he brings a different dimension to the Buffalo Bills offense. So I'm not surprised he's starting in the slot because this is his, what, fifth season? With yeah. the Buff- Buffalo Bills. He's the and, longest tenured Bills receiver on the team right now. Yes. Fifth season with the Buffalo Bills. Jamison Crowder is coming from another organization, another team. So he has to get acclimated with Josh Allen and and, and the rest of the Bills offense. And Shakir is a fifth-round draft pick. He has to get acclimated. So in my opinion, Isaiah McKenzie was always – in that driver's seat. And as long as he performs like we saw how he performed against the New England Patriots last year, he's going to continue to to be an option or a focal point within the Buffalo Bills offense. Yeah, and now we got the battle in the slot. And I think this is a good thing. Like, you know what this means? It means the Bills got a lot of damn weapons. Mm -hmm. The more the weapons, the better. And look, Mm -hmm. Isaiah McKenzie and Shakir and Jameson Crowder, all three basically kind of do three different things, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, Shakir's a fifth-round pick, and I've people have been raving about him the first mm-hmm. four days of practice. Robert Woods comparison, he just looks polished and all that stuff, and that maybe why the, a lot of draft experts were 
that was a steal of the draft. Most people had, mm-hmm. had a third round grade on him. Most people had a third round grade on him when we got him in the fifth round. Mm-hmm. So I think Shakir is going to be a dynamic weapon. So was Isaiah McKenzie. And Jameson Crowder is one of the best yards after catch receivers in the NFL. And the Bills mm-hmm. were one of the worst yards after catch receiver teams mm-hmm. uh, in the NFL last year. Look, Jameson Crowder missed day two, he missed day three, and he missed day four with general soreness. And I think that's not that's not the end of the world. He's a veteran. He's had those type of injuries. Rather be safe than sorry, and I think he'll be fine. But I'm excited for the battle on the SWAT because it's a good battle. It's mm-hmm. a good battle because the Bills have weapons. The Bills have legit weapons. This isn't a battle in the SWAT, Akeem, where the three or a battle on a team where you're like the three guys that are battling. You're like, oh, geez, do we really want any of these guys to win the battle? Mm-hmm. Any right. of these three guys getting legit snaps, I'm not, I'm not like disappointed with. And I'm a not huge guys McKenzie guy. That Patriots game last year, me and Zbot, maybe about a month and a half ago. We just talked like, on the show, like he was a guest, we talked about 25 minutes about Isaiah McKenzie because we just like went through all the stats. We broke everything down. It's fascinating. When he gets yeah. legit playing time, when he gets yeah. legit targets, he makes the most of it. And yeah. I think Ken Dorsey sees that, and I think yeah. Ken Dorsey is going to use him. He's yeah. going to use Shakir. He's going to use Jameson Crowder. Jameson Crowder and Isaiah McKenzie are not the same player. They do, they do two totally different things. Jameson Crowder is a good yards up to catch, but he's also good at getting in space. He's also good at creating separation, but and sitting in like in the zone defense and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. McKenzie's mm-hmm. better like one on one. When you get McKenzie flying across the field in space, he's better. Mm-hmm. McKenzie's not like a true slot receiver when you think mm-hmm. of slot receiver. He's gonna play in the slot, but mm-hmm. he's a dynamic player on in the slot. And then mm-hmm. Shakir, people love Shakir. Have you you've read? Some, I'm assuming that you've read some of the stuff. People, I know it's four days mm-hmm. in the training camp, but mm-hmm. people, uh, yeah, people um, are losing their mind about him. Robert Woods comparisons, like I think he, I didn't think he'll be, like I think he's gonna be very good for the Bills, but like mm-hmm. Robert mm-hmm. Woods comparisons are, yeah, um, that, yeah, that's, and that's that's and that's a pretty that's a pretty good uh, comparison because uh, as we all know, Robert Woods when healthy is a is a hell of a ball player, man, and uh, uh, Shakir is a, a fifth round pick. Brandon Bean went even as far as to say, hey, we, we was going to take Shakir in the fourth round if we had yeah. our fourth round pick, right? So uh, he's a fifth round pick. But again, it's kind of like I can't even think about where he was where he was drafted, meaning the fifth round. Because when I thought about this draft, the receiver class was loaded, Re- reminiscent of when Gabriel Davis got drafted in the fourth round. He got drafted in the fourth round because that receiver class was loaded. And uh, Shakira is a is a guy that I think people looked at as as a piece that that can do some things this year, but he's more f- of a future piece because exactly. of McKenzie and Crowder. But with the injuries to Crowder, you don't know what's we don't know what's going to happen. No. And McKenzie McKenzie is uh, an excellent piece, but he's a slender guy, five eight five nine. Yeah, no football is a combative sport. It's nice to see that if God forbid. Anything happens to anybody, we have a rookie fifth round pick that is versatile, has a high IQ, uh, smart, knows how to run routes, knows how to pluck the ball out the air like a veteran, knows how to come in and 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 make an impact if necessary. So uh, being deep at the slot position with the versatility to do some other things with these guys is, is a good thing for the Buffalo Bills. Of course, it's, it's a great thing because you have – Three guys that you trust, or obviously I think we'll get to trust Shakir. We don't trust him fully yet. Obviously, he's a rookie. He has to prove himself. But the Bills are going to need Jameson Crowder. 
Like the Bills are going to use Jameson Crowder in valuable spots. And I think having a lot of weapons and having a lot of good weapons, this is if you're having a lot of weapons and having a lot of good weapons, having a lot of weapons. Every team has a lot of weapons. Mm-hmm. Every team has receivers. Every mm-hmm. team's going to keep six or seven receivers. Mm-hmm. Bills have a lot of good receivers, a lot mm-hmm. of good weapons, six or seven guys that you trust. And mm-hmm. that just makes game planning for the Bills so much harder. Mm-hmm. When it's harder to game plan against the Bills, that's when the Bills eat you alive, and that's when Josh Allen eats you alive. Dominique's coming in. I love McKenzie at the slot. I think he breaks out this year. He's been in the system for a few years, right? Akeem mentioned that five years in the system. He's the longest-tenured Bills receiver. He's been here, and when he has gotten reps, when he has gotten his chance to play, he has shined. And I think he's going to be a huge part for this offense this year. Um, Dan Kelly's coming in. Make sure to leave a like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Share if you're on Facebook. Let's go, Built Buffalo guys. Dan Kelly. My brother, Dan Kelly. Akeem on Tuesday nights at 815, conflict of interest on all mm-hmm. the built in Buffalo networks. You guys don't want to, you don't want to miss that. Would that be, and Louie, if you missed James McCrowdy, he's hurt. It's a general soreness. He missed two, day two, day three, and day four. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was anything where, like day two, he was, I wrote down, he was working on bikes. Like he was still, like, well, it's not a serious injury. I think it's just early camp. The Bills don't want to put, well, you don't want to stress it, right? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Akeem, like, you don't want to it lead to something serious, right? Be cautious. Right. He's a veteran in the NFL. Like obviously he has to get accumul- like accumulated to the system, but mm-hmm. he doesn't have to like he's not he's not Shakir or right. a guy trying right. to make a rock right. spot. He's he's been in the NFL and he's proven he's a legit slot. And, and, and there and there's no medical staff I trust more than ours anyway. 100%. So if he's if he's sitting, then uh it's it's with good reason. So I'm not gonna argue it. Yeah, McKenzie has earned his spot. He has earned his stripes. Like he is, he's been here for the long run. He could have went somewhere else. He could have mm-hmm. signed somewhere else. He's he's coming back multiple times. He signed multiple contracts extensions. Mm-hmm. I think he's earned it. And look, nothing's ever given to you in the NFL. Nothing's ever given to you in the NFL. But he has earned it, and I think he's going to get legit reps. Look, is he going to get a 90, 80, like eighty? You know, the the day after the game, Akeem. You know, you look at the percentage of snaps he's not he's not gonna get 80 85 but i don't think we're gonna see the 15 to 10 reps i think we're gonna see more of the 40 to 50 percent reps and that's i think that's perfect for isaiah mckenzie and then you have obviously you have james cook and all that fun stuff mm-hmm. so bringing in the bills let's we'll start we'll start with james cook we'll go we'll, go, okay. we'll, we'll stay on the offense we'll go to the running backs james cook mm-hmm. Could be a game changer for the offense. Thoughts on James Cook because, like Shakir, people have raved about him in practice as well. Uh, James Cook is uh, is proven, you know, thus far. Of course, once again, we only can go by what we've seen thus far. The past haven't been, hasn't been on, but uh, we see why the Bills drafted him in the second round. He's a uh, he's he's a dynamic player. He's a dynamic playmaker. Whether that's uh, at the running back position or catching the ball out the backfield. And I think that is something that the Bills have been missing. Uh, uh, I, I, I can go as far as Sean McDermott's tenure, uh, an explosive running back that can catch the ball out the backfield and be a mismatch nightmare to the to opposing defenses, uh, linebackers and, and, uh, and, and safeties and, and things of that nature. So I think James Cook is a guy that, is is excelling so far this is exactly what we want to see and i think he is in uh unlike shakir shakir in my opinion i look at as a guy that 
doesn't have a big role, but he may have a small package of plays, and yeah. that package of plays may grow depending on what happens with injuries throughout the season, right? With James Cook, I feel that he's in for an immediate role right now uh, in that backfield along with uh, a Devin Singletary. Yes, and Dominique, you're hearing it right. Good things about James Cook. Most people are raving about James Cook. And this is something I want to touch on. If our run game shows us your offense will be truly unstoppable, look, our run game doesn't have to be a, a Derrick Henry run game, a Dalvin Cook run game, a run game where the offenses are completely relying on it. Our run game has to show a legit threat of a run game. We have to have a threat of run game. Devin Singletary, a little past the second half of the year and into the playoffs, he was a very good running back. Look, just go, go Google him. Go stat news. Go to NFL reference, whatever you want to go. Look at Devin Singletary's stats second half of the year. He was a very good running back. You add James Cook, who was a completely game changer out of the backfield, pass catching ability. You can line up as a wide receiver. He will get carries as a running back. He's probably the future at the running back position. And then you have Zach Moss in between the tackles. But James Cook gives you something that you haven't had since LaShawn McCoy, in my opinion. That, like, shifty run. I think Devin Singleton is a very good running back, but he doesn't have that top-end speed. James Cook has that top-end speed. When you get James Cook in the flat in, in the flat, and then just out of the backfield, he's going to be dangerous. And imagine, imagine the play breaks down, right? We've never had a guy you can usually just dump it off to. Josh Allen, you know what? Let's just dump it off to James Cook 15, 20 yards later because – can a linebacker tackle him? I don't think linebacker's fast enough. And he's as big as a safety. He's a big guy. He's not no no slouch over there with James Cook. He's going to be so fascinating to watch this year. We yes. haven't had a guy like that since LaShawn McCoy. That, that, that and super dynamic. And I love Devin Singletary. And I think Devin Singletary is going to be very, very important for this team. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to strew that. I think Devin Singletary is going to be very important. He's going to be the number one running back. But he doesn't do what James Cook does. And why can't we have two different guys that two two totally different things that just mm-hmm. makes this offense awesome? Yes, you you can line you can line up James Cook at the slot receiver, and I don't I, I don't think we'll miss a beat. No, I I think, I, think, he, I think he's that good as a receiver uh, out the backfield. Yeah, James Cook is going to be our hardest matches for any team because you can line him up anywhere, right? Yes, Matthew yes. said yep. you can line him up anywhere, and you can do so many things with him, and it's not going to be a ton of pressure on him. It's because he's going to be doing what his bread and butter is. And then if you want to develop him into an every down running back, he totally can. Mm-hmm. First five, six weeks of the year, he's not going to be. And I've just, I'm stoked. Mm-hmm. Louis coming and Cook's going to cook. I mm-hmm. like that. Cook's I like it cook. too. I like how, I like how it works. And Dominic, right, like we just have to have a threat of a run game. And then now you have a threat of James Cook out of the backfield. Teams are going to have to game plan for James Cook out of the backfield. And then it opens up alleyways for other receiving. Then it also opens up Devin Singletary. It mm-hmm. just the amount of weapons is Bills the Bills team has, and I'm not mm-hmm. trying to be biased, mm-hmm. but the Bills have a lot of weapons. They were PFF graded them as the number one roster in the NFL. Mm-hmm. If they don't have the number, if if they don't have a ton of weapons, then they wouldn't be the number one roster in the NFL, right? Like mm-hmm. that's just that simple. And this, I'm excited for the team. I'm excited for what James Cook can do. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be fascinating. He was awesome at Georgia. I was mm-hmm. preaching that the Bills take him in the NFL draft, and they did. And so mm-hmm. far. Throughout training camp, and yes, like Akeem said, there's no pads, but we only can go off what the reporters have told us through the four days. There's nothing we can really do. We're not there. There's nothing mm-hmm. really we can do. Like we can judge. And look, mm-hmm. every, take everything with a grain of salt. Everything with a little bit of grain of salt, right? Mm-hmm. 
Josh Allen has a bad day one, day two, day three, a little he struggles. Mm-hmm. Three, don't 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 pull the panic button. It's it's okay. It is okay. Yes, what's, yes. What's John, up? John, appreciate you stopping in. Yes, Keith is Akeem. Keith is cor- completely correct. Josh mm-hmm. Allen doesn't have to throw the ball every down. You have mm-hmm. a run game. It, it also just helps Josh Allen because then if the defense has to game plan for a legit running game, mm-hmm. then it just makes Josh Allen's life so much easier. Yeah, and 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 that's it was well said. And the threat of a run game is you, you don't even have to run the ball 25, 30 times. No. I mean, that's that's not no. us. That's not no. the Bills style. But when we do run the ball, we want positive yardage. You want efficiency. Pos- efficiency. Yes, perfect word. You want positive things to happen. You want to be as efficient as possible running the ball. First and 10, second and six, second and seven. You know, you want to get in get in positions where you can make things easier for a Josh Allen. And I think another way they can make things easier for Josh Allen is is by having James Cook. Obviously, they they, they, they have a point to prove with Josh Allen. Hey, take that check down, bro. Take that check down. That's Josh Allen is what was one of them quarterbacks. We we like to we like to say a lot about the yak. We might we like to make a big deal about the Buffalo Bills and, and yak yardage. Well, yes. a part of that is is play design as well. We have to have running backs uh being available in the flat so Josh can take that opportunity. Josh Allen, when he does see that, he has to take that opportunity. And if those things happen a, a bit more naturally our yak yardage uh will go up for the buffalo bills and keith hits it on the head again the play action becomes a legit a legit mm-hmm. option a lot of times last year we avoided the play action or just wasn't useful the bills play action comes back it just makes it so much easier for josh allen and like you said you avoid the third and longs. you avoid the second long second and five second and six you got two plays to make it six yards right mm-hmm. much easier to make it two plays Six yards and two plays for ten yards. It just it, the game plan is much different when it's only mm-hmm. six yards. The Bills can dunk it down to James Cook. They can run the ball again. They can get Josh mm-hmm. on in space, and then you have Stephon Diggs, Dawson Knox, and Gabe Davis. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, yeah, and Lone Wolf's right. A functioning screen mm-hmm. game would be would help. Oh my yeah. God, mm-hmm. that could be Isaiah McKenzie. Like mm-hmm. you said, you said Shakir might have a certain package of plays. Mm-hmm. Could that be him on the screen game. James mm-hmm. Cook, I'm assuming, is going to be involved mm-hmm. in some sort of screen game. And that's what we want. And that's as great as great as Brian Dable's offense was. Yes. That's what he that's what he was lacking, right? He didn't implement that much screens did or didn't have any play designs where Allen could afford to go to his check down. So if that those play designs come into play along with everything else the Buffalo Bills can can present, then I think it's just a matchup, a, a, a matchup nightmare all around for for opposing defenses. Yeah, and yeah, Keith, like you said, like the third and five, it's so much easier to be third and five than third and long. Like it just mm-hmm. makes the Bills' offense one so hard to game plan, and then there's so many different things they can do. And it's just when you have a super talented offense and you mm-hmm. make it easy for them, mm-hmm. they're going to excel and they're going to be great. Mm-hmm. So. Enough with the offense for right now. We'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get Josh Allen and his great day four. Uh, we'll end the show with that. But we're going to move to the defensive line for a little. The mm-hmm. D line is balling in the first four days. We're talking mm-hmm. about Tim Settle day one, mm-hmm. 20-yard interception against Keenum. And Tim Settle's a big guy. Mm-hmm. You had Von Miller being a, an animal. Von Miller just being 
Von Miller. Von Miller. He's, he's doing his thing, exactly. Mm-hmm. And Penenza had a very good day three. Um, Ed Oliver had a dominant day against Tommy Doyle. I'm going through my notes. And then you had Boogie Basham and Penenza popped today. They had a good day against Bobby Hart. Mm-hmm. And you also had Ed Oliver had a nice sack today. This is just all what I'm getting from reporters and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So the D-line, and they, we haven't talked about Daquan Jones because he had a veteran rest day. Mm-hmm. The D-line, for the first time under Sean McDermott, maybe not the first time, but that Jordan Phillips here in 2019. But mm-hmm. I'm super – I'm not concerned about the defensive line, and I'm not concerned – about the edge rushers as much, and I'm not concerned about stopping the run. Um, you know what? I I have to agree for the most part. Of course, the games have to happen, and they have to do of it in the games. Yeah. Yes. Of course, of course. But what we've seen thus far yeah. from the defense is 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 amazing, and it's, this is kind of what we want to see. The Buffalo Bills last year was the best defense in the NFL, right? Of course, they had some some games where they gave up some yardage on the D-line. So that's why they went and got a Daquan Jones. They went and got a Tim Settle. They went and got a Von Miller and added uh, very good players to uh, an already very good defensive roster. So uh, when you add those pieces, man, I, it, 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 it resembles what we've been witnessing thus far early in camp, and that is the defensive line looking like they're in midseason form. Yes, and when you have a guy like Von Miller, who's an elite packer, who's a top 10, top 7 edge rusher in the National Football League, one, it's going to take pressure off a lot of other guys on your team because it's going to open mm-hmm. up alleyways, open up gaps, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it also has it's a learning tool for A.J. Epinenza, Boogie Basham, and Gregory Rousseau, who mm-hmm. are going to be very important for this team. I know we always talk about Von Miller, but if you get a legit edge presence, presence mm-hmm. on the other side, if that's Basham, and I think it's mostly going to be Gregory Rousseau, this team is just so much better. If you have to game plan for two edge rushers that are going to get after the quarterback, it doesn't have to be sacks. Like mm-hmm. Greg Rousseau doesn't have to have 10 sacks. Mm-hmm. He just has to be disruptive in the backfield. Like just make the defense, make the offense game plan for him. And then mm-hmm. when you bring in Daquan Jones, bring back Jordan Phillips, you bring in Tim Settle, especially Daquan Jones and Tim Settle, big run stoppers. And then you see these, and Josh Allen was frustrated. He had a couple batted balls at the O-line in the first couple of days because these D linemen are big. And I don't think we've had that type of D lineman, especially in the interior. We had Ed Oliver, who I love, but he isn't that big, bruising defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Harrison Phillips was good. I loved Harrison Phillips. But we mm-hmm. roll out Star Lutule, who was okay, but it was obviously unreliable for injuries and other stuff. And mm-hmm. then we had Vernon Bowler, who not going to knock the guy, but wasn't great. And then you had uh, Quentin Jefferson two years ago. Like The D tackles haven't been legit D tackles. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of the first years under McDermott and Bean where I feel confident about stopping the run, mm-hmm. and I feel confident about our D tackles. Like it's going to be fun to see, and I, I, like Keith is right, Boogie's going to be something special. I think Boogie popped last year for a couple of times. Like I think we saw how good Boogie can be, and I think he's going to be cool and very good on the edge. But you know what? Something the Bills could do with Boogie—they could move him inside for a couple of that plays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When was the last time we had that versatility at game? Like where mm-hmm. we could actually move that. guys in and out, mm-hmm. mix up matchups and all that stuff, rotate mm-hmm. D tackles that are all D tackles that we trust. Like, yeah. and then you forget about Shaq Lawson, who's going to be your, probably right now is your fifth D end. Obviously, mm-hmm. yep, we'll tell where he is on the depth chart, but he's a great run stopper. So, look, I know, and I know people are like, yes, I get it. It's four days. We're going off what we see. Like that's mm-hmm. the point. I'm not going to react. I'm not. Just, you know what I mean? Like, but, we have, but we have of to course. Go off what we see. 
we gotta go off what we see and then of course you know we we gotta appreciate the combination of things that's going on and that could possibly happen right and what i mean by that is this last year i i love harrison phillips as well yeah. uh, uh star latule is star latule but i think this year uh i think we upgraded on the inside i think tim settle and and jordan phillips and daquan jones is an upgrade um on the interior than what we had last year in phillips and and, and zimmer and, and starla tool yes so when you combine that now with players that still have opportunities for growth and progression like a ed oliver ed oliver can he he hasn't reached his ceiling yet he's no. played he's played good last year he could play better this year gregory russo he can play better this year uh, Tim Settle, he's only 24 years old. He hasn't reached his ceiling. So when you have guys that are are very good already, when you have a guy like Von Miller already, and then you have guys that haven't reached their ceiling, if everything can can come to fruition and 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 turn out how the Bills coaching staff hope it turns out, this D line can be special this season. Yeah going to go through some of the comments right now because I appreciate everyone commenting down below. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's a lot of comments, but no, I appreciate everyone tuning. I try to get to everything. Mm-hmm. Pads go on Saturday starting sat starting Saturday, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Keem, you said that off air. Saturday the pads go on. Yep, Saturday pads go on. Yep. And yeah, that will start telling us about the O one and D one. Yeah, the physicality will be shown there because it's mm-hmm. putting the pads on. The big boys are coming out, and yeah, we'll see how that shows up. And keep this right. A lot of who who showed up to Von Miller's camp was it Russo and Basham? I believe I believe all of them. If not, I think I think oh, Epinesa really? was I think Epinesa really? was there as well. Yep. Okay, so yeah, that just shows one they want to learn, and mm-hmm. why not learn from Von Miller? Obviously, Von Miller is going to be right on the edge, but right. learn things from Von Miller and all that stuff. What's up, Patrick? Appreciate you tuning in right now. Appreciate you coming on for the Buffalo Blitz, mm-hmm. Patrick. Just to let you know, we're not going to be flying under the radar. Not the Bills all. are not flying. I look. I get it. You want them not, not to be talked all. about. You want them to be mm-hmm. the underdog and all that fun stuff mm-hmm. and surprise everyone. Look, I already looked at some of the lines, like betting lines, like week mm-hmm. two against the Titans. We're seven and a half point favorites, guys. Mm-hmm. The Titans were the number one seed in the AFC last year. I mm-hmm. get it. They're not as good as the number one seed, but mm-hmm. they're a legit team. Seven and a half point favorites is a, it's more than a touchdown. That's a big spread mm-hmm. in an NFL game. I'm not going to get like dive into betting, but like. And we're not flying under the radar anytime soon. And, and, and you know what? And we don't have to anymore. No, right? We don't, we don't have to. There's no flying under the radar. We're Super Bowl contenders now, right? This is where this is where we've been dreaming about being. I don't know how old everybody is, but for a number of years, <laughs> this this is where we wanted to be. We wanted to be. A, a perennial playoff team. Yeah. We wanted to be a team that can win the AFC East. We wanted to be a team that can contend for the Super Bowl. And when you finally reach those steps, there's expectations that comes with that. There is pressure that comes with that. And I think Von Miller said it great on uh, a couple of days ago in on one of his press conference press conferences. Uh, pressure and expectation is a privilege. It is a privilege because. Uh, you have reached a certain point to to garner those expectations and have that pressure on your shoulders. So it's a privilege to be here because that means the Buffalo Bills are finally, after all these years, doing something right. Yes. And when you said um, how old everyone is, I was born in 2001. So I grew up and I started becoming like a Bills fan in 08, 09. Mm -hmm. So I grew up through the drought, right? Like that was Mm -hmm. like – 
2017, I was 16 the first time the Bills I ever saw the Bills make the playoffs. Like I never, never, I didn't grow up to the 90s. I was born in 2001. Didn't see the Jim Kelly years. Didn't even see the late 90s when we were at least a playoff team. Just not, it was it was a totally new thing for me mm-hmm. in the sense of being a Bills fan, and I love it. And look, mm-hmm. I think I talked about this last week on the show. Two years ago, when the Bills made the AFC Championship, they flew under the radar, right? They were 13, mm-hmm. but they weren't ready for the moment. They weren't mm-hmm. ready for that Chiefs game. Last year, they weren't ready for every team giving them the best shot. They didn't have that two years ago. Last year, they were like, you know what? This team just made the AFC Championship game. Like, this team's legit. We got to go and play our best. And those weren't ready for that. This year, they know their mistakes they made the last two years. And they know we're going to get the best out of every team we play this year. But the Bills are ready for that. And I think this is the year where they're done. Like, that target's on their back, but they're ready for the target. Yes. The whole roster is ready. Bringing in Von Miller, who's won two yes. Super Bowls, who just won a Super Bowl with the Rams. This yes. team is ready for that target on the back, and they're ready to compete week in and week out with the best of the teams in the league. Keith is coming as our edge rush is going to be a game changer, especially for our inner D line because you got to love those guys. Yeah, our edge rush is going to be mm-hmm. going to be legit. Lone Wolf, I was being nice. I don't want to bash the guy. I don't want to just like, like crap it on Vernon Ball. I was being nice. I said it wasn't great. It wasn't great. It's not like – and it was good. Awesome. <laughs> I, 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 I don't even want to remember that guy's name. I don't even want to okay. say it. Maybe, I don't even want to say his name. Maybe Kim has a little more hatred. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Having the number one defense and the number one offense is possible. It is possible. Is mm-hmm. it, would I bet on it? Probably not. Does it really matter? No, but it is legit possible. I just hope we have the number one defense and number one offense standing at the end of the year. I think the, hopefully those two teams are the – Two sides of the ball, the last two teams raising up the one party trophy. That's all I care about. I don't yes. care about any accolades. I don't care about any where yes. PFF breaks us. I don't yes. care. I, I think Josh Allen will say the same thing. I don't right. he, I don't care if Josh Allen wins an MVP or not. I really don't. He right. can go the rest of his career and not right. win an MVP, but right. win multiple Super Bowls. And I think he would be like, okay, Super Bowl. I'd rather have a Super right. Bowl MVP with Josh Allen than a regular season MVP. Aaron right. Rodgers has a ton of regular season MVPs, and he's a great quarterback. He only has one Super Bowl. And that right. what, year, what year was that? 2012? Right. I was like 11. Right. I was 11. I was 11 when that happened. I'm not 11 anymore. So that was a long time ago. And I think he would trade some of these regular season MVPs for Super Bowls. I think everybody would. Right. Um, Shaq Lawson. I haven't heard a lot about Shaq Lawson. I think I heard he, bullied, I heard he was very good against Luke Tenuta, but that's a six-round rookie. That's expected. Think, that's expected, yes. Mm-hmm. And Matt Perino, actually, I heard that on the shout. Uh, their podcast with Tal- Ryan Talbot that they and they said yeah it's expected and it's expected so that's all I've heard. Yeah, we've got veterans in the room, all that fun stuff. Um, yeah, Patrick, I know you rather them not see us coming, but teams are going to see us coming. And it's like the yeah. Chiefs, the Rams, yeah. Buccaneers. We're yeah. not the Jaguars. We're not the Jets. Right. We're yeah. not the Bengals from last year. Correct. Like, this is what the Bengals are going to see this year. The Bengals are going. They're going to. It's going to be. I think the Bengals are a very good team, but they're going to get a dose of reality this year when mm-hmm. they just be the Super Bowl. Like we mm-hmm. can't just underestimate the Bengals as a t- each team plays them week in and week out. I think we're going to. Bengals are going to get a little uh, taste of reality. Yep. Um. How you doing, Kate? I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you joining the show. Thank you for mm-hmm. listening and watching the Buffalo Blitz. I'm uh, sorry, Lone Wolf. I didn't mean to make you feel old. I'm getting old. Was born when the Bills won their first AFL. Oh, my. oh whoa, whoa, bro. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, you, know, you, got me, you might have me beat by a little bit long, brother. But hey, do I, I want to Google it? I don't even know when, <laughs> what, what year was it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I was a little. That was a little bit before my time, and then I, I got some years on me. I've been there, you know, wide right. All the Super Bowl losses. I, you know, I've I've witnessed. How old were you there? And all, then it came during the, the Super Bowl. Well, uh, during the Super Bowl, uh, the during the first Super Bowl was in '90. I yes. was about five years old. Okay. Okay. Yep. So you were young. You were. Super yeah, I was young. young. I was super young, but I remember. Yeah, I would remember. I remember. I remember all the remember, Super Bowls. And yes. then you remember the 90s, obviously, the late 90s. All I, that stuff. I, I remember the Music City Miracle. Yeah, I yeah. don't. I, I remember. Don't. I remember all. I remember all the all the hurtful losses. I remember. I, mean, I was younger during the drought. I was younger. Mm-hmm. So I was like 11 or 12. So like, yeah, it, it was stung, stung, but I was a kid. Right. You know, I mean? right, 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 right. Think about it less. And then. I started getting in like middle school, and then I was like, oh, I kind of, and I, you try to talk up your team to all your friends because I live in Westchester, New York. So I'm like an hour outside of New York City. All my friends are, all my friends are like Giants, Jets. I got some Steelers friends. 1964 Lone Wolf. Uh-huh. Man. I want to let's get we got to get a Super Bowl for Lone Wolf. He's been through everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah get a Super Bowl. Been through everything. Forget me for a second. Lone Wolf. <laughs> Lone Wolf. <laughs> We got to see a Super Bowl for Lone. Yes, he's been through everything. So I think we got to get him. We got to get him his uh his ring. Yeah. Um I'm trying to go through some more of the comments. Yeah, we need to win it. We all we always want to win it. I think we win at least 13 games. Me and Keen were talking off air. 13 14 games is probably where I think the Bills said. Like USA Today came out with 15 and 2. Mhm. Yeah, it's a little much. I'm not obviously won't complain with it. Not at all. Not at all. But, but I, I thought it was a little much as well. I, I would it was say like, well. if you're like Peter, and you got to put your record prediction and like you got to be right. Like this is like do or die for you. Thirteen yeah. and four is probably my record prediction. Like I think mm-hmm. that's a fair record. But you're gonna lose a game or two. One game maybe you should have won. And there's some good teams on the schedule. Like it's, yeah. it's the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's only been yeah. one team that's ever gone undefeated through the whole season. And there's a reason right. why the national. Right. It's the National Football League. Sorry. And, yeah, it's nothing you can do about it. Uh, Penny remembers watching OJ play with his dad. So, Penny, you've been there for – you've been, been there, there for – been there. You've been yeah. there for a while. We'll get you a Super Bowl as well. So, maybe yeah. not me. I'm only 21. Um, yeah, so Dave is kind of going right into what I wanted to talk about right now. And, Dave, appreciate you coming on the show listening. Sure. Allen and the offense finally picked it up on day four – Akeem, I know you weren't worried, but it was all it's always good to read that Allen was I heard he was an absolute animal in the red zone. I know like we weren't worried, but you probably were like, okay, that's mm-hmm. good. It's good he had a good day. Yes, yes. Um it's it's always good when Josh Allen has a great day, right? And um, you know, and again, it it for me personally, it was it was nothing to worry about worry about yet, in my opinion, in terms of when you saw struggles with the Buffalo Bills offense thus far in camp. Because uh, the Bills' defense is great, number one. Uh, the Bills' defense is already in unison. They already have a cohesive unit, and they have done nothing but add superior talent on top of the cohesive unit in Von Miller and, and other guys that they signed. So when you have that, and then you're going against a, a, an offense with a, a, a possible new, newly a, a new slot receiver, uh, yes. A new slot competition, uh, offensive line shuffles, and oh yeah, a new offensive coordinator calling plays, <laughs> <laughs> calling, 
quite naturally, you're going to, it's going to be some rust. It's going to be some struggles. So that's why I wasn't worried. But again, to actually know now that Josh Allen had a good day, it is a sense of relief. I wasn't worried, but it is a sense of relief. Okay, Ken Dorsey, uh, you had a good day. If Josh had a good day, that means you had a good day as well. So that, that's a, that's a sigh of relief for me that my coordinator, my newly acquired coordinator uh, in the position, so to speak, uh, had a good day as well, along with Josh Allen. Yeah, and look, like you said, we have a new offensive coordinator. Like, I get it. He was here the last couple of years, but he was the quarterback's coach. He wasn't calling mm-hmm. plays. He wasn't the yes. focal point of the Awful. offensive coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you bring in a couple of new slot receivers and Shakir and Jameson Crowder. Mm-hmm. You have to just work everyone back. Gabe Davis is taking on a new role as that mm-hmm. legit number two receiver. Mm-hmm. And Emmanuel Sanders, kind of him and him and Davis kind of balanced it last year. Mm-hmm. Offensive line shuffled a little. And look, it's day two or day three. And it, the defense was the number one rated defense in the NFL last year, right? Like and the D, like I said, this is a good thing because the D-line was showing that they can be very versatile. The linebackers were good. And we're going to get to the DBs in a second to end the show. But, look, I think Josh Allen needed a good day. He was good in the red zone. Like, nobody was worried. Like, nobody, but, like, it was good to read – like, mm-hmm. whoever it was, Sal or Matt Perino sit with that tweet, oh, Josh Allen's slinging into the red zone. He's having a great day. Like, that was like, oh, cool. Let's go. Let's, go. Let's keep it Great going. to see. Great to read. Yeah. But it also shows that the defense is very good, that the secondary is very good. And that's without Tredavious White. The D-line mm-hmm. was getting after everyone. And it's no mm-hmm. pass, right? And, I, and nobody's worried about Josh Allen. It's not year one Josh Allen. He's proven mm-hmm. the last two years. And even his second year, he showed glimpses of being a very good quarterback. But the last two years, he's turned into an elite top mm-hmm. three, top four quarterback in that National Football League. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we're fine, but it was like, it was a little like oh, okay, cool. Yes, we're fine. Yes. We're not worried, man. We'll see what happens the next couple of days of practice. Yes, but yes. And so I think I think we hit. The, I think we're good with the Josh Allen thing. Yeah, and and again, Ken Dorsey is a is a is a is a new offensive coordinator. He's a first time offensive coordinator. I'm pretty sure the Buffalo Bills they want to keep everything that worked with Brian Dable last season, but a yeah. new guy is going to bring new wrinkles, right? So he has to implement whatever new wrinkles he wants to implement in terms of being the offensive coordinator. I've seen a lot of a lot of big packages. How much how much how much does this two tight end sets is going to mean in this offense this year? How much is a OJ Howard and Dawson Knox and OJ Howard is struggling, disappointing by the way, but yeah. um thus far, but how much is that going to factor into the offense this year uh in 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 uh, years past against years past, are the Buffalo Bills going to implement two two running backs on game day, or are they going to implement three running yeah. backs on game day? Is it going to be Moss activated, or is he not going to be activated? So I think those type of wrinkles are are still things that we and Ken Dorsey is trying to figure out as well as the offensive coordinator for the Bills. And like you, you they're kind of walking through everything, talking everything out, making sure they get on the same page. And this is the time to do that. Not to do it week one where you're like, oh, crap, we don't know where we're going. This is the time to do that. And I think everybody should breathe and all that stuff and all that. It will be fine. Yes. I want to get your thoughts on this. Patrick Things, you guys think Tavon Austin makes the line of, I'm assuming, roster? Do you think Tavon, Ross, Tavon Austin makes the roster? I think uh, I think it's tough, but I think he has an opportunity. Yeah. I definitely think I definitely think he has a chance. Uh uh, Ken Dorsey spoke about him briefly a little bit today, talking about talking about his leadership and 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 his skill set. Uh, we all know Tavon Austin coming out of college. Obviously, he didn't have that career 
uh, we some people thought he probably would have had. He probably had a career, maybe maybe even similar to a John Ross from the Cincinnati Bengals when he first got yeah. drafted. Uh, Tavon Austin is a uh, is a is a is an interesting has an interesting skill set because of his speed. He is a dynamic player. Can he? Make the roster on special teams. Can he can can he find his niche there and from there uh probably work his way on the field as a receiver? Some who knows, but I think uh if he does make the team, the special teams route will be the rest best route for him to do so. Yeah, like I think there's too many mouths to feed in the weapons department, like especially in the slot, which is where he kind of would fit in. Because I think Shakir and I think McKenzie and Crowder are all above him, but I agree, and I've talked about this before. I think he can become – if he wants to make this roster, he would have to excel in the special teams. Is that punt mm-hmm. returning? Is that kick returning? And that is an open competition. Mm-hmm. And I think – I wrote this down. Where did I write this down in my notes? Day two, it was James Cook, Steve, Marquez Stevenson, and Blackshear as returners. That's the only thing I got from some of the articles. So that was day two. That mm-hmm. James Cook, Stevenson, and Blackshear were returning. Blackshear's the undrafted uh, rookie running back from Virginia Tech. So they were the three returners on day two. And I don't know anything about anything else, and maybe other people know that, that I just didn't pick right. up on. But David also would have to make the roster as a punt returner, or I, returner special teamer. It's, he's not making the roster as a legit weapon for Josh. I be, so, Peter, let me ask you a question. Yeah. And, and people could chime in in the comment section as well as I ask this question. Um, I know, and we both agree. I do agree 100% that if Tavon Austin has an opportunity to make the roster, I think it's going to be through special teams. But is it, it is it possible that Tavon Austin can make the Bills roster because Jameson Crowder is just simply can't get on the field and he's not healthy, and when he does get on the field, he probably doesn't he probably doesn't uh, wow the coaching staff as much as they thought he would and Tavon Austin just coming in and he's, he's excelling in all areas. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? Is it possible he could sneak in that way or is Jamison Crowder is just a lock to make the team regardless? I don't think he's a lock to make the team, especially if Shakir, like what we've been reading, keeps doing what he's doing. And Ozzie McKenzie keeps doing what he's doing. Could Tavon Austin be that safety net mm-hmm. in the sense of, James Crowder, like you said, can't stay healthy. Um, that would be kind of shocking if, like, they—I don't know—they cut Jameson Crowder, but I think I think you could get Tavon Austin on, on the practice squad. I think, I think you so. might be able to get him on. Get him the, on I think you could get him, and then you would have kind mm-hmm. of a safety net for a couple of those edge rushers. Uh, not excuse me, uh, slot receivers. Geez, gotcha. Reading mm-hmm. a comment and then going and <laughs> talking at the same time, but yeah, 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 some of those wide receivers, and I think he could excel. But does he do too many of the things that McKenzie does? Mm, like, like, is he that. too similar to Isaiah McKenzie, maybe in Shakir, and then McKenzie's just better than him at this point? Right. I still I still think the only path to the roster is Specials. special teams. Okay, so Akeem, how many receivers do you think the Bills keep? Was it six or do you think it's seven? I think it's six. So if it's six, ready, we'll do the fun game. Mm-hmm. So we got Stefan Diggs. Mm-hmm. You have Gabe Davis. Mm-hmm. You have – Isaiah McKenzie, mm-hmm. you have Khalil Shakir, and mm-hmm. then you would have Jamison Crowder as that fifth receiver, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who was that sixth receiver? Is it a Marquez Stevenson? Is it a Jake Kumaro, who they love on special teams? Is it Isaiah Hodgins? 
Is it Tavon? Austin. That's it's, that. That's tough. That's tough. Hey, you know, it's going to be a battle. Like, it's going to be a battle. It would be maybe Kumaro because they like him on special teams. But Marcus Stevenson does some things like he can take the top off the defense. Marcus Stevenson. I'm not see. I, I I'm thinking it's between Kumaro and Austin at this point. Kumaro and I, I'm thinking okay. it's between those guys. I I think Tavon Austin right now today is better than Marcus Stevenson. You think he's better than Marcus? I, yeah. I think he. I think he's better than Marcus Stevenson uh, as a returner and as a receiver. Yeah. So um, I think ultimately is is how much? Okay, how much does this new special team coach value Jake Kumaro? Right. Yes. I think that's going to play a, a a deciding factor on who's going to be the six receiver. And then yeah, like Jake Kumaro, he didn't practice today just for like yeah. general soreness and a lot of fun stuff, mm-hmm. but. I think the one thing I'm still holding out a tad bit of hope for Marquez Stevenson is the fact that I think he's a long receiver, and he, like I said, he can take the top off the defense, and I don't think there's a true guy that can run vertical that like Marquez Stevenson can, but he has had drop issues. He's had had drop issues, especially in the special teams game, and he's got an opportunity to uh, kick return department, or especially kick return last year. He wasn't great. I, I just don't know. If they go seven, then it's much easier. Because then yes. it's like Kumaro and Austin or Kumaro yes. and yes. Um, Stevenson. Stevenson or Austin and Steven, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You go six, mm, then you got to start thinking, who can we get on back on the practice squad? Practice squad, right. I think you can get either Austin or Miss Stevenson back on the practice squad. Right. I don't Kumaro, think you're going to get Kumaro. I think Kumaro's going straight to Green Bay if you try to put yes, him on the I practice think Kumaro, squad. I think Kumaro's good. I, it might be Kumaro just because, like you said, does the special teams coach value him? But you didn't lose like an Andre Smith in special teams, right? Like you also yeah. like you contributed in our special teams, and that's been yeah. interesting with the linebacker battle with yeah. Dale Inspector because Inspector had a good what is it day three had a good day. He yeah. yep. said he had a sp- I wrote he sparked on day three, so he had a good day three. Bale yeah. Inspector, I just think it's gonna be very interesting. Kumro Patrick's coming. Kumro's the better hands, but Austin has the wheels. It's do the Bills want another big threat at receiver? Then you go like a Kumaro or Stevenson, or do the other one a speed guy. Then you go Austin. Like, do they think they have enough red zone threats with Diggs, Davis, and Howard and Dawson Knox? OJ Howard could be could factor in actually into the receiving battle, not in the sense that he's a receiver, but in the sense that if OJ Howard, like he has struggled the first couple of days of camp, but he, if he can prove he can be a legit tight end, a legit mm-hmm. tight end too, and can play with Dawson Knox and can be a legit. Uh, red zone threat, then you maybe not have to keep Jake Kumro if you don't value his special teams because then you have like four legit receivers in the red zone, right? Mm-hmm. And I think then you can go Austin or you can go Stevenson. But if OJ Howard kind of doesn't peak in training camp, and I still think he'll make the roster, do you want to have a Jake Kumro just to have another weapon, mm-hmm. a big weapon in the red zone? I, I like I like the thought process with that. It's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be interesting. And then Lone Wolf's coming. Your fifth and sixth receiver needs to play special teams, I would think. Does your fifth receiver need to play special teams? Um, like, I think Shakir could play special teams. I think he can, too. I don't I think, think Crowder or McKenzie or Diggs or Davis. Obviously not Diggs and Davis. No, I, I don't know why. I said right, that. right, right. Shakir could play special teams, and then it would be Kumaro or Steven. It, they owed him. The, the biggest factor in this is if, like, let's say Stevenson shows that he could be a legit punt returner or kick returner. Or Austin shows that he could be a punt returner, kick returner. Then it makes the roster decision much easier because mm-hmm. one of those guys are getting on the roster, right? Correct. 
Correct. But if they both don't show, well, then it's concerning because then you don't have a punt return or a kick return. And I don't know how much I love James Cook returning a ton. Right. I don't know how much I feel about that. Blackshirt right. could be an option. I don't know if they want to keep him as a running back, maybe practice squad him. Because I would love for Stevenson and Austin to just run away. One of those two run away with the the, the kick returning, uh, punt returning battle. Mm-hmm. I like it would, be, it would make it easier for the Bills, obviously. Right. I think worst come to worst, I think actually Shakir could possibly win that job as a returner early on. If if, if if something happens like Tavon Austin doesn't perform and yeah. they don't want Isaiah McKenzie possibly being that main focal point as a special teams because he's a focal point on, at, yeah. on the offense already, yeah. you know, so we'll see what happens. And we'll end the show with some DB talk before I know we're going past nine, but we have a couple minutes. We'll talk about mm-hmm. the depth in the secondary is showing, and that's true mm-hmm. because you don't have Trey White. And Kyrie Wam has gone. Any news on Kyrie Wam? We're going to get to Kyrie Wam right now. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Wam has gone toe to toe with things. I think a couple, a couple of times he's gotten beat. A couple of times the ball was looking incomplete, but he's toe to toe with um, Stefan Diggs, which is not an easy task. Dane Jackson, I heard he's looked pretty solid. Taron Johnson's still that physical, physical thing. And I, I think Matt Perino says Josh Allen does not like throwing towards Taron Johnson, which is a good thing because that shows mm-hmm. that Taron Johnson. But Cam Lewis is the guy I want to talk. Yes. Quickly, mm-hmm. Cam Lewis has been very, very good, and I think Cam Lewis might have to be a roster. Like he might, he might have to be on this roster. And you know what? The crazy thing about it is, is this is I'm kind of disappointed at myself for not mentioning mentioning Cam Lewis all off season long because yeah. even when he played sparingly last year in his spurts, he popped out. He popped on film. He's a big physical kid. He's a big, aggressive, physical kid, and he's somebody that uh, I think is is definitely has an opportunity, an inside track to, yes. to to make this roster for the Bills because he has the speed. I think he's a 4-4 guy. He has that length and athleticism that we've been looking for. We've wanted what Cam Lewis has. We we wanted that out of our corners yes. or whatever corners we would draft or sign all off season. We just didn't look at Cam Lewis because we we didn't look at him as a, 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 a polished prospect to be mm-hmm. an important figure on the defense. But now that he's showing up and showing up in a in a in a good way and he's popping, uh, this is this is something that we all get excited for because now the pads come on and now we get to see. Is this real? Can Cam Lewis be a diamond in the rough to come and help us out on game days? Or is is this something that he's just flashing with, with no pads on? I'm hoping it's the first one, but we'll see. Yeah, and I think Cam Lewis, when he's played on mm-hmm. in meaningful games, he's played pretty well. And mm-hmm. I think the one thing that Bill's like is that he can play the inside nickel slot corner, and he can also play the outside corner. And without Trey White at this point, I think – Cam Lewis is going to be important. I think Cam Lewis has to be on this roster if you think about it. Like you have Trey White, you have Elam, you have Dane Jackson, Taron Johnson. Cam Lewis probably is that next guy, in my opinion. I think he has to be on this roster. And I think it just shows, like I said, the depth in the secondary is showing. Nick McLeod had a good day too. Siren Neal has looked good. So has Jaquan Johnson. So has DeMar Hamlin. I think the secondary is so talented and so deep that mm-hmm. this Bills, it's just it's going to be fun. And then, yep. like Keith said, Trey is chomping at the bit to come back and all that stuff. And Penny's right. We got too many good players. So with that being said, end the show here. 
another edition of the Buffalo Blitz. Akeem, I appreciate you coming on tonight. Where can everyone find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter, uh, on uh, Instagram, on Facebook, Akeem Richens. Twitter and Instagram, King Rich uh, underscore 987. You can find me on the Built in Buffalo Network on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, every Tuesday, 8.15 p.m. on the Conflict of Interest with my brother Dan Kelly, and Saturdays, 9 p.m. Bill Zology with my brother Dave Myers. Uh, Peter, the Buffalo Blitz, this was an excellent show, bro. I appreciate uh, you having me on. Uh, another excellent show. We've worked uh, a couple times before, but this was my favorite thus far, man. Keep up the great work, great show, great topics tonight. Uh, I was entertained, and I think the people in the comment section was entertained as well. So thank you for having me on. Of course, of course, and any time. And, guys, Buffalo Blitz will be back next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Facebook, on YouTube, and Twitter. I appreciate everyone in the comment section. You guys made it fun. You gave us more topics. I know it's a ton of comments, comments and I try to get to every single one, but it, it, it makes me feel good that you guys are commenting, you guys are watching. And some of you guys, uh, Lone Wolf, AFL Championship. Mm-hmm. I was born to it. Like you're listening to me and it means a lot. So I appreciate you guys. Hopefully you guys come back next Wednesday, mm-hmm. 8 p.m. Eastern. If you guys missed the show, you can always rewatch it on Facebook or YouTube. And it comes out in podcast form on Apple and on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. And Penny is right. was a great show. I appreciate you coming. Hopefully see you next week. And yes, the trophy is that goal. But until next time, I'll be back next Wednesday. Akeem will be on Saturday night, 9 p.m., right, Akeem? 9 p.m.? Yes, sir. 9 p.m. 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. with Dave Myers. You guys don't want to miss that. Tomorrow night, Breaking Tables, 8 p.m. Epic mm-hmm. B and Campanile will give you guys a fun laugh for about an mm-hmm. hour, so you guys don't want to miss that. And make sure you follow Shout out Breaking Tables. Shout out Breaking Tables, bro. Y'all doing an excellent job. Yeah. I still watch y'all stuff, even though I might not catch it live, but I always catch the replay. Oh, yeah. Excellent job, Breaking Tables. Breaking Tables is awesome. I'm going to have both of them on. I forgot the day. I think August 24th. I think they're both something nice. around that time. In a couple of weeks, they're both going to come on. So it's going to be nice. Breaking Tables part three for the week. Oh, and he just – and he's late. Brian, you're late. It's okay, okay. Brian. It's okay, and, Brian. Like I said, podcast from Brian. On your way to work tomorrow, that means yeah. you got to listen. You gotta, yeah, yeah. I, I better see a picture of you listening <laughs> on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Appreciate it, guys. You guys don't want to – yeah, Brian's right, 824 – Brian and Tampa Neal are coming on. But until next time, this was the Buffalo Blitz. I'll be back next Wednesday. I'm Peter DiBiase. He was Akeem, and we'll be back next Wednesday. Akeem, Saturday night, 9 p.m., breaking tables tomorrow night. Hopefully everyone has a good night, and go Bills.